Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where a teen's world is rocked when her boyfriend expresses an interest in learning to play polo. Book number 59, In Love Again. Todd's back, and Elizabeth's got him. Hello, gladiators. Uh, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries. I'm your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and I am joined by uh, author and fellow gladiator and reader of this Sweet Valley High novel, Libby Hawker. Hi, Libby. Hello. So glad to be here. This is just uh, just a real party for me. So excited. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Well, I thank you for, for taking on this book. We had a few different choices, and I remember that you were you were excited. You jumped right on in love again. The return of Todd Wilkins. Yes, because not only is is Todd back like Slim Shady. Do you remember that song? This song has been going through my head. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess back, who's back? Back, 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 back again. again. Yeah. Todd is back. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Um, not only that, but I, rec- I recall this book vividly because Courtney Kane is like my favorite villain from Sweet Valley High. Oh my gosh. So I just, I love her in this book. I was excited to see her back again, but also a little angry because she's just so awful that everything she says or does is just a little bit infuriating. And this book is no exception. She has an exceptional like villain speech. So get excited for that, gladiators. We're definitely going to read Courtney Kane's big villain speech in this book. It's going to be so good. I guess we've already sort of dipped our toes into the big question of, have you read Sweet Valley High novel before? And you (laughs) clearly you have. So this is exciting we've got we have a couple of sweet valley readers in a row i know that the listeners do enjoy a a, an actual person who remembers the books (laughs) as a co-host here's the weird thing though i never read the books as a kid like when i was younger i uh possibly to my shame and embarrassment only started reading these books as a middle-aged woman um and now Uh, i read them all the time (laughs) i love to hear it i love that so yeah. so tell me this then. I'm I'm really curious. How do you procure them? Like do you read the ebooks? Do you find them at the used bookstore? Yeah. Easier said than done. <laughs> I just get the ebook versions because they're, you know, they're really short. They're like probably 10,000 words long, 15,000 something like that. Yeah. Um and I live on an island that's about an hour, hour and a half boat ride from the mainland, so they are pretty much it takes me roughly one boat ride to go through a Sweet Valley High book. So I'll just like sit in my car when I'm on the ferry and like cruise through one of these books on the way there and back. That origin story really speaks to me because my own sort of fabled history of becoming reinvested in the idea of Sweet Valley and I guess uh, kind of discovering truly what Sweet Valley High meant for the first time after thinking that I knew what it was involves me reading book number 10, uh, wrong kind of girl on a train ride. It was a commute, just like yours. They're good commute books. That's a, that's good advice. And I mean, not to be a shill for Amazon. Um, it's the last thing I want to be, but that's just where these books are available. Uh, like the only place you can find the ebooks. They're like $3. Yeah, um, they're super cheap. So it's yeah. quick entertainment. 
Um, I, yeah. I remembered them. And the reason I got into your podcast, too, is because uh, my sister used to read them all the time when we were kids. And I never touched them, but I remembered her reading them constantly. My <laughs> sister and I recently went on a, a COVID safe vacation together, which was great. We, we both needed it desperately. And I mentioned, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast. She's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And she was like, yeah. Yeah, I did. I used to read those books a lot. She was like, I never actually liked them. And I said, you didn't? Like, you read them all the time. I thought you were into them. She's like, no, I was just fascinated because I had to find out what these crazy bitches were going to do this time. <laughs> so, like, even as a kid, wow. she was like, she was like, she knew they were trashy books, but she couldn't stop reading them because they were so crazy. <laughs> that really kind of rocks my world because I feel like that's how I would describe my, like, passionate interest in the books, too. <laughs> Um, it's definitely why I'm into him now but it never occurred to me that a child could have that level of sort of like ironic enjoyment but I guess it is I mean that's part of the I can't pretend that I don't like the books I mean like I I love them I I really I enjoy reading them I read them in one sitting I've been fascinated with them for a long time but the fascination part is a big part of it right it's I I am fascinated by what is being presented to us and then you get sucked in by the soap opera Um, oh yeah I think that's actually what allows the show to be sort of funny it's not like i'm not finding all my comedian friends to come be funny on the show it's just like can you believe it? it's the material the material yeah. is hilarious it's already funny that's another reason why i have a podcast of my own which is it's called gotta grow up sometime and it's about um a similar literal soap opera from from the early 90s so it's almost the same era as sweet valley but it's a soap opera called swan's crossing which was created for middle schoolers, like not teenagers, is created for children. And it has all the classic (laughs) soap opera tropes. And I unironically love this TV show. Um, And I just, my friend Nathan and I, we just recap every episode and it is absurd. Like it's crazy and stupid and ridiculous. And it's, you know, kind of the same thing as Sweet Valley High. It's about rich teenagers trying to destroy each other's lives. And it's just... So much fun. So yeah, I'm like Sweet Valley High and Swans Crossing are my two jams now. So that's how I'm spending my middle years. <laughs> I <laughs> well, a time well spent. I I look forward to listening to it. But also, what you said about rich kids living their rich kid lives is a perfect transition into oh, yeah. in love again when we have the special situation of like the rich kids, like the normal level rich kids, and then we've got the super rich kids, because Love It Academy is back. Gladiators, if you didn't listen to the last episode, you probably should. A lot has happened. Todd, Todd, guess who's back? Back again, Todd Wilkins, as you said. (laughs) But also, he's going to a place called Love It Academy. His dad is the president of Veritronics, and he lives in a manse. He lives in a gigantic house that Elizabeth at one point in this book thinks should not really even be called a house. It has an Olympic size uh, swimming pool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that is so big. <laughs> well, we know from the past book that it has an orange grove. So it's got a lot of stuff. It's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've got Elizabeth and her friends back at Sweet Valley High, and they're all trying to live their lives. And at the outset of this particular book, Elizabeth and Todd are basically spending Anytime they're not in school, they're hanging out together and oh, loving yeah. it. A little too much. It's become yeah. a problem. <laughs> um, it's definitely getting to be a problem. They both have a lot of commitments that they are flaking on. When the book starts out, Elizabeth and Todd getting back together, Elizabeth, you know, throwing Jeffrey over and the whole circumstances of it are 
the talk of the school. And I thought that the book did kind of a weird flip-flop on this with Jessica. Because she starts out, this is page two, so the book has just begun. And we're talking about Jessica here. Secretly, she was enjoying the attention. There was nothing Jessica liked better than being in the middle of the action. And right now, she was more than in the middle of it. She was its twin! Which... That does not make any sense, but okay. No! no, To be the twin of the person who's... She's the action's twin. I mean, there's a lot of things that are wrong with the sentiment, but apparently the author caught up to that a few pages later, because now... Jessica shakes her head. This is literally the same conversation. Don't be ridiculous, she said. Sorry, Jessica's thinking about going to Lovett Academy. So she started daydreaming about how cool that would be. And she says she wasn't about to tell her friends that she didn't like being out of the limelight. But that was exactly the way she had felt ever since Todd moved back to town. Right? I I highlighted that too. I was like, make up your mind. This is literally in the same chapter. Come on. I mean, we've introduced the B-plot now right off the bat. We're really, really at a pace. This is the B-plot. Is We've got Jessica very seriously considering uh, trying to get into Love at Academy. Yeah. It, it, one of the only things in the first chapter that's maybe making her hesitate about Love at Academy is that she remembers Sheffield Eastman, who turned out to be a major disappointment because he wants to do charity work. Ugh. <laughs> A major disappointment is the exact word. Those are the exact (laughs) words the book uses to describe Jessica's feelings about Sheffield Eastman. A major disappointment. Yeah, how was was she supposed to have known that all Sheffield cared about was dedicating himself to charity work and that he wanted to spend his senior year working and living in a shelter for the homeless? Gross! (laughs) What a a creep. God. I love how terrible Jessica is. (laughs) <laughs> well, throughout the book, Jessica has a little bit of a personality shift. I mean, it's still all in the name of a sort of terrible half-baked plan, which is very Jessica. But yeah. she's there are some kind of entrance exams coming up that you have to take to get into Lovett Academy. They have like their own specialized exams. And throughout the book, she's constantly studying all sorts of things. She's studying uh, electromagnetic configurations. <laughs> I'm What's not, that I'm even actually mean? <laughs> not sure what that means. But I do know that Elizabeth leans over and touches Jessica's forehead, pretending to check for a fever. Maybe you have a temporary chemical imbalance in your brain, she said. I can tell you all about chemical imbalances, Jessica said cheerfully, opening up her textbook. <laughs> I mean, at I least just... Jessica's learning something. That's yeah. a positive. All about chemical imbalances. I just thought that was a that was a fun moment. <laughs> you would think that the Wakefield twins probably would be able to tell us all about chemical imbalances at this point in their in their saga. Yeah, one would hope. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Elizabeth and Todd. They are loving spending time together. There is one thing I, I actually I read this book early on, and I for a while I thought that Jeffrey was like not going to factor into the story. Did you ever have that concern reading it? Well, no, because he does kind of, I mean, they mention him pretty early. Like, just, yeah. you know, Liz sort of, Jessica tells Liz that she's seen Jeffrey, like, moping around, being bummed out that he got dumped. So I yeah. figured he'd be there somewhere. Yeah, maybe it was wishful thinking on my part on some <laughs> level. Like, I'm, I would have been willing to believe that this book would just, like, not even mention Jeffrey and just sort of, like, let, he's he's off in some other part of the school and Elizabeth's problems can only be about Todd. Uh, for this book, but there is a moment 
Poor Jeffrey, Jessica said, settling back in the passenger seat and unwrapping a stick of gum. He looks totally devastated. I saw him moping around his locker today, looking so depressed. I didn't think he'd have the strength to pick up his books. <laughs> a deep frown creased Elizabeth's forehead. Jeffrey will be all right, she mumbled. The truth was, Jeffrey's undisguised sadness was the only shadow crossing Elizabeth's happiness. And uncharacteristically, she was trying to ignore it. She just didn't know what else to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not off the hook that easily, Marissa. You're going to have to confront Team Jeffrey in this one over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and, and Jeffrey is the stand-up guy, as usual, in this book. He is above reproach. Todd, meanwhile. Well, Todd. <laughs> so, like, they're, they're really head over heels, though, right? Like, yeah, at I mean, the outset. Yeah, they're super into each other. They won't stop, like, making out at Seca Lake and stuff. You know, classic Liz and Todd stuff. Yeah, it keeps on being like, oh, this is what we should do. We should we should hang out uh, tomorrow at this place. I've got this big plan. And Elizabeth will think, oh, I already have another plan, but I'd really rather hang out with Todd. So I'll, I'll make it work. Yeah. Um, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. That I'll make it work energy, honestly. Uh, once again, I, I, I had to find myself relating on some level to Elizabeth here, even even though I hate it. Like, and this is one of those where, like, I relate to you, Elizabeth, and I it hurts me how much I relate. Because it's that feeling of wanting to do, like, I hate to have a conflict. And, like, really wanting <laughs> to do everything at once and, like, figure out a way to make all the things work. So her thing is that she's got this important meeting for the Oracle, which yeah. the most important thing in Elizabeth's life, could, would we say? Other Hello, than it's the Oracle. <laughs> well, and, and how about this eyes and ears bombshell? Oh, I know, right? It's shocking. What's happened is that Penny Ayala, the editor of the Oracle, has set up what she's described as a very important meeting to talk about some problems that she's seen with things that are happening in the Oracle. Elizabeth thinks, like, okay, the meeting will start after school. It'll take Todd an hour to drive from Lovett Academy to Sweet Valley High after school, which, oof, that's, that's a long commute. But she thinks it'll work in our favor because then uh, by the time he gets there, I can leave the meeting and it, hopefully it'll be over. Uh, but this very important meeting is not over as quickly as she's hoping it will be. No, and there's some, there's some sketchy news for Liz in it. Yeah. So Penny says, I'm not sure, Penny said, chewing the eraser on the end of her pencil, but I think it may be time to scrap eyes and ears and try something new. What do you think, Liz? <gasps> I know. What? Scrap eyes and ears? Borderline, oh my God, moment. <laughs> What's, Liz going- <laughs> right? What's Liz going to have on her transcripts for college? She's yeah. hung all of her hopes on eyes and ears. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. For some reason. She'll never be a famous journalist now. She didn't get into that boarding school in Switzerland. What's she going to do? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> Let's pause for a second to think about Elizabeth's <laughs> college applications where they're like, submit a writing sample from the newspaper. And she has all of these columns that are like, you know, Enid R uh, has been seen lately with Hugh G of Big Mesa H S. and it's just like not there's nothing journalistic about it or really that interesting to anybody that doesn't know who these kids are (laughs) but 
I mean, to Elizabeth's credit, she is like, I like the idea of starting a new project. Like, she's into it. She's ready to scrap eyes and ears, too. Yeah, I don't blame her. Eyes and ears sounds boring. uh, Yeah, right? Especially because it seems like a waste of Elizabeth for her to be doing that to the newspaper. It does a little bit. Yeah, it does. And somebody had floated the idea of an advice column. That seems like something Elizabeth could really sink her little teeth into. Although she's not, she's not paying that much attention in this meeting because she's kind of like, yeah, fine, whatever. She just wants to get out of there and go Mac on Todd. So it's like all she can think about. I'm realizing now that we're discussing it just how extreme and maybe I would even say good uh, an example this is of just how far gone Elizabeth is. It's like she's got to be, you know, she's got to be really um, head in the clouds to not think this is important. Yeah. I just think she gets, she's got to take a cold shower. Like, she's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she can't yeah. focus on anything except Todd. So Definitely. Definitely Woo. horned up. And Todd, meanwhile, has really the same thing going. Like, the only thing he really cares about at, at Love It right now is basketball. And he's about to get kicked off the basketball team yeah. because he's missed three practices. Right. <laughs> like... Like, he only intentionally skipped two practices, but the coach also announced an extra practice, which he didn't know about because he skipped the practice that he announced it at. Yeah. So I thought it was really funny that the book bothered to explain that. That's something that I is like a secret joy for me of these books, is when they get into the minutia of, of a situation that really doesn't matter at all. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, like during the teacher crush book a few books ago, there was a whole paragraph explaining how many courses were going to fit into the schedule of Sweet Valley High, like how the PTA had reorganized the class length to make sure that they had 50 minutes a day for two weeks to <laughs> devote to these classes. And it was just like, you know what? You have fed me much bigger horseshit than this Sweet Valley High books. Right. Like, I, I don't need you to I don't need you to show me your work. I mean, there's literally one where Jessica may or may not be dating a British werewolf, and that never really gets explained. (laughs) So do we really need to know how the schedule works for mini courses at Sweet Valley High? (laughs) Like, we'll suspend disbelief. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, man. This show is going to get really weird before it's over. I don't even mean this episode. I mean, like, this podcast is going to get so strange uh, (laughs) before we're done. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait. Here's what's going. So it's that at first seems like it's going to be the problem. Like they so love spending time together, but quickly the problem morphs into something else, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like Todd is changing. He's not uh, the man Liz thought he was. Liz really doesn't like the kids at Love It Academy, and she also has a lot of. She's nervous about other, like, trappings of Todd's life. Like, um, there are some really funny little details uh, that are, like, funny from a 21st century perspective as markers of wealth. Yeah. Um, For example, one of them is, this doesn't come till page 65, but I'll read it anyway. Elizabeth thought Todd looked great in his khaki pants and striped cotton shirt, but he seemed a little distracted. He kept fiddling with the compact disc player that was built into his dashboard. This thing isn't working again. Elizabeth giggled. Poor Todd. That's the thing about expensive new toys. They don't always work the way they're supposed to. (laughs) 
CD player. Oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's a 1989. Having a CD player in your car is fancy shit, but it, now it's like that would be it's almost antiquated. Like, does yeah. your car have a CD player? Did they uh, bother to put one in? No, my car Yours is doesn't. all my car is all electric and it communicates directly with the supercomputer that lives in my pocket. <laughs> right. So, mm-hmm. I don't even know what this is now. Like we're living in the future and it's weird. I'm thrilled that my car does have a CD player just in case, but have I ever used the CD player? Well, also yes, but <laughs> rarely. Most of the time, the car is communicating wirelessly with the supercomputer I normally keep in my pocket. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. This is the 21st century. What can we say? Uh, There's also an amazing, I I don't know, it really warmed my heart. I don't know if this was meant as a marker of wealth or not, but this thing about the the movie videotaped. Oh, yeah. Todd's Todd's dad videotaped a movie for them to watch. In the screening room. So they they made a VHS recording of like a made-for-TV movie and then watched it later in the screening room. Which has its yeah. own couch. <laughs> I wish, but I I wish that it had been like I don't even know when this technology was invented. But if they had had like a laser disc player, that would have oh, been. Oh man, fun. I think laser disc was a few years later. But yeah, yeah, that I think been you're right. Super cool. Todd says, "Oh no, you have work to do because this is another thing. It's like they have homework, they have whatever, but they don't want to do it. They want to like hang out and cuddle or whatever it is that Todd and Elizabeth do." Um, Oh no, you have work to do? I was hoping you could watch the movie Dad videotaped last night. I haven't even used the screening room yet. And rich rich people problems. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, rich people problems is basically like the subtitle for Todd's whole story in this book, huh? Oh, totally, totally. Um, and that's and that's starting to to grow on him because I think that at the outset. And this was also true in the last book. Todd was, like, not super comfortable at Love It. And Elizabeth likes that. Like, she misses Todd at Sweet Valley High. She doesn't want him to be comfortable at Love It because she's not really comfortable when she goes to Love It. And she feels like if Todd becomes one of those people, he'll be, like, lost to me. And I don't really want to be with that guy. Like, I don't want to be with the kind of guy who thinks all this stuff is normal. Yeah, yeah, it, which is interesting, too, because we never actually see Todd doing much of that. It's more just kind of Elizabeth's anxieties that this might become sort of the person he turns into. But there's not really a lot of indication that he's really getting to that point. Like, he does, he clearly has some hang-ups of his own about, like, oh, my dad expects me to fit in at Love It, and I need to try to do that. But yes. it doesn't seem to be as big a deal to him to, like, become a polo-playing golf pants wearing snobby boy as Elizabeth <laughs> fears he's going to be so, yeah. so it's kind of an interesting dynamic between them yeah that's so true I, I think another thing that's at play that the book doesn't really address but we can kind of read between the lines Elizabeth keeps on having these awful interactions with these really shitty people from Love It yeah and she's not really meeting anybody who is not like that whereas Todd gets to spend all his time at Love It he just sort of brushes aside the like Courtney Keynes and Campbell what's his names we'll meet him in a minute Campbell (laughs) Rochester's of the school and like finds the people that he thinks are more decent and he's doing a really Elizabeth thing, right? Like if Elizabeth were literally in Todd's shoes and well, I don't mean not literally in Todd's shoes, they would probably be big for her. But like <laughs> if she were doing Todd's 
situation. <laughs> no, see, I, I totally <laughs> broke my brain by, by misusing the word literally. I'm short-circuiting. It's okay, I'm the same way. <laughs> <laughs> if Elizabeth were forced to go to Lovett Academy, she would do the same thing Todd's doing. She would find people that she could relate to and get along with, and she'd be like, you know what, these people are great. These are my people. It's not like Sweet Valley High doesn't have its fair share of assholes, you know? Yeah, Elizabeth totally. just doesn't spend as much time with them. Yeah. There's one point where she complains about how all the girls from Lovett, all they ever talk about is money and clothes. And it's like, have you met your sister and your sister's friends? It's like <laughs> yeah. literally what they do all the your time. Your sister, who is actually right now planning to switch schools just so she can go to the school where the rich boys go. Right. And be one of the fancy people. Like, that's what she wants. Liz is so clueless sometimes. Like, she just doesn't yeah. see all that's going on around her. Come on, well, Liz. Elizabeth and all of Jessica's friends really have no patience for this plot of Jessica's to try to get into Love It Academy. They're all just, like, rolling their eyes so hard about the whole thing, as oh, yeah. they probably should be. Yeah, totally. Everyone sees it as a joke except for Jessica, right? Everybody's like, okay, Jessica, you're going to go to love it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, it is kind of funny to be like, all right, yeah, yeah. We've read this book before. Uh- <laughs> yeah. So just to give the, the gladiators a sense of what a typical day at Love It Academy might be like, um, and like gird your loins for this one because it goes some surprising places. Um, Here is Todd talking about uh, how love it went with a with a hint of sarcasm, I think, but he's starting to try to fit in there, right? Yeah, a little bit. It was a typical day at Love It. We had junior seminars first thing this morning, then a special interdisciplinary course on ancient Greece. All that was great, but lunch hour, he rolled his eyes. Some of these kids are really amazing. Today, Tim Sollers told us that he's been invited to dinner at Michael Jackson's house. So then a bunch of kids started competing, dropping names, you know? He shrugged. Some of the kids are nice, but some of them are hard to be around. I really miss Sweet Valley High. Oh my god. First of all, run, Tim Sollers, run. That did not hold up well. (laughs) Yep. I mean, is that the main reason that I read this passage? Yes, it is. Uh, But, you know, you get a sense. You know, I think this is what Elizabeth wants Todd to be like. To be like, oh, those kids... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Elizabeth goes at one point to meet Todd at school. And Courtney Kane, we already know from a conversation she said earlier with someone named Dominique Dominique. Roy. Yes. Dominique Roy. I love Dominique Roy. So do you remember this, this like exchange with Courtney at the school where she's like walking by and she comes over to invite them to the party at... Or to invite oh, Todd. Yeah, yeah, where Liz shows up at his school and she kind of, and Courtney shows up and, and like walks over and is like, hey, I want to invite you to this party. Our friends over at the Babysitter's Club Club podcast have a burn of the week. And if I were doing that segment, which I'm totally not doing because that's their segment, um, <laughs> <laughs> this would definitely be the one. Um, Courtney says to Elizabeth, well, 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 what are you doing in this part of the world, Elizabeth? What a sweet little outfit, she added. I didn't know you could find skirts that length anymore. Right? She disses her because her skirt is too long. <laughs> yeah. The book, by the way, doesn't actually explain, like, what length Elizabeth's skirt is. But yeah, I drew the same conclusion. Her Elizabeth's skirt is too long. 
Oh, it's so good. It's so good. She's like, oh, you look frumpy. That's cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Courtney both like hates Todd, but like also wants to wants to get with him. Yeah, like she's still kind of stinging over the rejection from the last book where Jeffrey French bungled her nefarious plot to break up Todd and and Liz or whatever was going on in that gazebo beyond the orange grove. (laughs) Um. (laughs) There's a book title for you for the future. The gazebo gazebo beyond the orange grove. grove. I'm putting that in my list. But but in, in this book, her ire kind of shifts over the course of the book to Liz, where it becomes more like, yeah, she hates Todd for rejecting her, but she really hates Liz. Like, she's gonna crush Liz physically if she must (laughs) yeah and i think in addition to that she continues trying to like win over todd just to like prove that she can maybe like like i i get everything i want and this will be no exception oh yeah there's this this great moment that i i have to read if i may please it made courtney furious to remember the whole absurd incident todd wilkins is a jerk she seethed i can't believe i ever paid him the slightest bit of attention Dominique wasn't used to disagreeing with anything Courtney said. No one at Lovett Academy was. Courtney almost always got her way. I can't believe he'd rather be with that girl than you, Dominique said loyally. Courtney glared at her. Just put it this way, Dominique. Todd Wilkins is enemy number one on my list, she gritted her teeth. And Elizabeth Wakefield is a close second. I can't wait to figure out some way to get revenge on them both. (laughs) She's so evil (laughs) she needs a cape to twirl around in you know (laughs) yeah but you said it todd wilkins is enemy number one and then by the end of the book she's like hey todd like let's you know throughout the book she's really (laughs) flirting with them she invites them both or actually she invites todd to a big country club party that her father's throwing and todd is like can i bring a date and she is really really rude about it but eventually relents and says that elizabeth can come yeah. We can talk about the party in a second, but you've set up this idea that she's going to get her revenge. And I was expecting something a little bit um, more arch than <laughs> <laughs> the revenge plot that this book puts forth. Yeah. Courtney's dad owns a TV station and their new big sponsor, Kids Sneakers, K-I-D-D, um, yeah. the brand, a, a sneaker brand. They want to have a, a Olympics, a school Olympics. What are they calling it? It's well. First, they call it mini Olympics, and then it becomes the Battle of the Schools, Battle of the High oh, Schools. Oh, the ba- mini Olympics, the Battle of the Schools. Yes. Yeah. Which sounds and- far more epic than it turns out to be. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, Courtney hears about the concept of Battle of the Schools and how public and private schools could be a part of it. And she's like, yes, the Battle of the Schools, that will teach Todd Wilkins and Elizabeth Wakefield a lesson. Oh, she's yeah. like, really? Will so, it? She's sitting at the dinner table with her mom and dad and her dad's talking about this. And, and then of course, she, there's a scene where she goes... I hate Sweet Valley High, Courtney muttered under her breath. That's how you know she's really bad, by the way. She hates SVH. What did you say, dear? Mrs. Kane asked. Oh, just that I know we can beat them all, even Sweet Valley, Courtney said confidently. Love it would cream that stupid public school if she had anything to do with it. (laughs) Yeah, so like... She's really channeling her hatred of these two individuals and her classism into some um, 
major school pride. So I guess that's that's one place to put it. That's so good. I love how like she she's like the villain in every '80s movie, like the, the, somebody who's going to tear down the the teen resource center to build a ski resort over it. You know, it's just like <laughs> yeah, just classic '80s oh. villain. <laughs> yes, yes, and you know what? Uh, Battle of the Schools would make a great '80s movie. Uh, about the the private school versus the public school, and then there's like a Romeo and Juliet situation with the Todd and Elizabeth characters, and um, Michael J. Fox is in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, Iona Sky. Ah, yep, yep, yep. We're going to talk a lot more about the Battle of the Schools, but I want to talk briefly about um, this ridiculous country club pool party. <laughs> pool party in like major quotes <laughs> that Courtney Kane throws where well, she describes the things that are going to happen at the party and it just sounds like endless um, oh yeah it's so like packed with activities you'd think a pool party would just be hanging out at a pool but I guess not if you're rich she says now after golf we'll meet back here for lunch afterward we can go swimming and then dancing it's like <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. It felt like a lot of stuff when I was reading it earlier. Um, but so, just briefly, uh, this could be w- at least one part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 a beautiful boys, a beautiful boys. I'm in danger of losing my um, Because there is a, partic- a couple of boys, but one in particular that comes up here. There's a fellow named Campbell Rochester. Oh, my goodness. Campbell Rochester. He's a handful. <laughs> yeah, his looks are really sadly not described in the book. The closest we get is a boy in a blue cotton cardigan and madras shorts strolled up to them uh, as they got out of Todd's car. He meets Elizabeth and he says, The pleasure is all mine, he said in a slick, phony voice, squeezing her hand more tightly. I'm Campbell Rochester, he announced, acting as though Elizabeth should have known that immediately. Courtney's date, he added. I hope you and I will get the chance to talk a little more later. When Elizabeth didn't answer, Campbell winked at her. And he goes on to like, it says that in the pool later, he talks to her about her how much he likes her bikini. Yeah, he like um, won't leave her alone. And he like creeps on her in the pool. And ugh, Campbell, go away. Yeah. In the morning, he tried to show her how to hold her golf club. Yeah, you know, he was doing that thing where he, like, reaches around her and, like, presses his crotch up against her butt and stuff. Like, ugh, Campbell. Yeah. Yucky. And she, he basically at some point is like, why aren't you excited to talk to me? You know I'm Campbell Rochester, right? (laughs) And and she's like, I don't know what that means. He's like, my father is Wilson Rochester. And she's still like, no idea. Dude, sorry. Yeah, like, don't you know who I am? No, Elizabeth said calmly. <laughs> She's like, I don't know, and I don't care, you weirdo. <laughs> um, the other boy in this scene is a guy named Ben Orson, who I don't remember ever hearing of before. Ben Orson, does that ring a bell? I don't think he's ever been mentioned before. I think he's another parade no. of randos type who just gets dropped in as needed. But um, yeah. But apparently he's a sophomore who wrote some articles for the Oracle once. Okay. Yeah, and Elizabeth goes over and is like, hey, what are you doing here at the golf club? And it turns out he's just a lowly caddy. Oh, my God. And Elizabeth God, doesn't the- care. She's just chatting. Yeah, but, like, apparently a caddy is the worst thing you can be, according to everybody who goes to love it. 
Somebody actually says, come on, we don't need to stand around talking to the hired help. Yeah, and it an, becomes an, like an unnamed a thing. Person. Yeah, it becomes a thing later on that like Elizabeth talked to a caddy. Like, like they bring it up like, a couple more times. Can you believe that girl? It's like, Ew. what century is this book set in? <laughs> So, or these people living in. So weird. These are the same people that are about to, like, put on gym shorts and, like, do a relay race with eggs and spoons and shit. So. (laughs) The last boy I just want to mention real quick is a competitor in that self-same egg race. It's a part of a relay race that will be a very important element of of the show. Amy Sutton has eyes for Ken Matthews in this book. And after she watches him in some kind of preliminary race, she says to him, Amy was looking at Ken with admiration. You were great, she gushed. Where'd you get your egg racing talent, Ken? Oh, I was just born with it, that's all, Ken said with a smile. (laughs) Oh, Ken. (laughs) He's got egg racing talent. Ken Matthews. He got all the good genes. He's tall and blonde and beautiful and a great athlete, and he knows how to do an egg race. I mean, my God, some people have all the luck. It's true. It's true. I guess we can talk about the the battle of the schools um, because (laughs) the kids are the kids are signing up for different events. Right. So there's there's going to be, uh, you know, your standard sort of various athletic competitions, like there's a swimming one and some kind of foot race and the relay race. And tennis. There's, yeah, there's tennis. There's uh, a spelling bee. And then there's the college bowl, which I feel I have a lot of things to say about. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. So those are like there's like inside kid events and outside kid events. Yeah. There's a big day when all the kids at Sweet Valley High find out what event they're going to be in. And Elizabeth is put in the relay race along with Jeffrey French. He's also oh in the relay race. God. Ah! Then Todd shows up to hang out with Elizabeth to watch the relay race. And turns out Todd has also been placed in the relay race at Lovett Academy. Oh, so now she she has to be a teammate with her ex-boyfriend and she has to compete against her boyfriend. It is just... Too yeah. much pressure. <laughs> and Todd's good friend, Ken Matthews, tells Todd that he can't watch their practice. He says it in a good-natured way, but he's like, listen, buddy, you can't, you're the enemy. Like, you can't sit around watching us practice. And Todd is like, what, man, really? And Ken's like, yeah, dude, you got to get out of here. And so Todd leaves and is, is all butthurt. Oh, yeah, like, the coach actually tells Todd he has to leave. He's like, you can't, you're going to steal our strategy for the three-legged race and the egg and spoon race. Mm -hmm. Get out of here, Todd. And then Elizabeth is even put under suspicion because she's Todd's boyfriend, briefly. And this is uh, the most sort of heartbreaking, shining moment of Jeffrey French, where it's like borderline just too much (laughs) from Jeffrey here. Just don't go turning traitor on us, Liz, Ken said once Todd had gone. We want to know everyone on this team is 100% for Sweet Valley High. Elizabeth felt stung. She couldn't believe Ken would say something like that to her. Elizabeth is as loyal as they come, Jeffrey said swiftly. (laughs) Elizabeth felt a surge of warmth for Jeffrey. He had no reason to come to her defense. Which is very true of all the things for Jeffrey to say. It makes me wonder if that's really how he meant it. (laughs) I mean, no, this isn't real, but, like... Jeffrey continues to be a stand-up dude. Like, Elizabeth is loyal to Sweet Valley High, but... (laughs) 
She did just yeah. leave you for, but or maybe he means lo- like she's still loyal to Todd, her first love. You know, she's got to go back to. The- yeah, maybe, anyway. maybe it was sarcasm. It was deep irony on Jeffrey's part that just went over Liz's head. Mm. Who knows? But Jeffrey, Jeffrey gets a little more friendly as the as the book nears its end, and he like helps Elizabeth. Oh my gosh, her so this relay race has a bunch of different parts, and the final part is having to climb a rope. Which yeah. I just don't even understand how people ever did that in gym class or anywhere. How do you climb yeah, a rope? Yeah, I could, I could not. I mean, I got like six inches off the ground and then fell back with my noodle arms in pain. So, yeah. Thankfully, it, it's not I possible. was never asked to climb a rope in any gym <laughs> class that I ever took. Maybe that's why the very idea seems so absurd to me, except that I've seen it happen on you know TV shows. Um, yeah. Uh, it happened on an episode of the Goldbergs, you know, with our friend Alex Jennings, who was oh, the yeah. guest on the Dear Sister episode. But mm. uh, Todd, of course, is also tasked with the rope climb for for his team. So it's really getting juicy here. It's really, Man, really deep into it. It's the intense. Drama. It's intense. And then the drama it, uh, ups even more because the very next freaking scene, Todd is they're talking about how they both have to, you know, do this relay event. And Todd asks Liz basically if she will step down from her role in it and, and just cheer for him. So there's no conflict between them. And then she confronts him on it. She's like, are you serious, dude? Like, what did you just say that to me? Elizabeth integrity Wakefield. Like, I don't think so. (laughs) And then he's like, I was just kidding, but I don't like the tone of voice you're using. Oh my God, Todd. so bad i want to yeet him into the sun (laughs) he's so like sensitive in this book like he's so on a like hair's trigger for feeling attacked by elizabeth i mean she is too in all fairness they deserve each other but like the next day todd is half an hour late for to meet elizabeth at the dairy burger and so she's mad at him because he's late now he says and i gotta you gotta feel for people that don't live in the 21st century but he said um i'm sorry practice took longer than i thought it would and i couldn't think of a way to get a message to you here which is the kind of thing (laughs) you had to think about when it was 1989 but basically um Elizabeth is sort of weirded out when Todd starts talking about how he might try to learn how to play polo and that that he met some important people and she gets kind of short with him and he he just get, dishes it right back to her and they start having a fight. And so here's one part of the fight that stood out to me. Don't you realize how important it is to my family that I'm there? This is Todd talking about Lovett Academy. It would kill my dad if I didn't fit in and make friends. Elizabeth just stared at him. Somehow she couldn't imagine Mr. Wilkins really caring that much whether Todd fit in at Lovett, but she knew it wasn't her place to argue about what his parents thought or felt. You have no idea how much pressure I'm under, Todd said. Everyone expects me to just magically adjust to this whole new lifestyle. It happens to be pretty tough, Liz, and I'd appreciate a little more support from you instead of all this grief you keep giving me about love it. Elizabeth felt tears spring to her eyes. I can't believe you, she cried. Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? Because you have to get used to having your own screening room and a mansion to live in and a brand new BMW? I don't think it's your parents who care so much about Love at Academy, Elizabeth continued, unable to repress her anger anymore. Let's be fair, Todd. You like being at Love it, and you can't blame it on your parents. Ooh, called out. Yeah. 
Which it's like, I have to admit that when Todd was like, you know, it's everybody expects me to adjust. It's not really that easy. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, you know, that would be hard on a teenager. But then when Elizabeth comes in with a rebuttal, I was like, oh, yeah, also that. <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah. Solid point, Liz. <laughs> so uh, Todd gets mad and breaks up with her right there in the dairy burger in front of everyone. Yeah. It's shocking. Yeah, and Elizabeth doesn't even tell anybody about it, she, except for Enid, I guess. But she doesn't tell Jessica about it until the next day, when <laughs> Jessica says, So you blew it. Can't you just go back to Jeffrey and tell him you made a big mistake? Elizabeth burst into tears. Whoops. <laughs> Jessica patted her on the shoulder again. I guess I said the wrong thing, huh? <laughs> Classic Jess. Like, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth doesn't want to go back to Jeffrey. She wants Todd. She loves Todd. Yes. Yeah. She, she wanted like, to go back to Jeffrey. Her problems would be solved. Like she, she could just date a boy who goes to her actual school and, and a, is nice. A boy who's nicer than Todd. <laughs> so, I guess at Todd must be. Book, yeah. He must be real good with with uh, those private times at Seca Lake or something. Because dang, she's like not letting <laughs> up on this. Uh, yeah. So there's a really great Courtney moment shortly after this scene where uh, she's watching them practice for the relay races. She walks out to, to watch everything and she goes, Courtney Kane hated the whole idea of relay races. She thought they were stupid and she couldn't stand wearing boring old gray gym shorts. She was glad she wasn't competing in the Battle of the Schools. It was so much classier, she thought, to be a spectator than it was to run around carrying an egg on a spoon. That afternoon, she'd come out to watch the team practice and was sitting on her jacket on the grass so she wouldn't get grass stains on her new silk pants. What? <laughs> Who wears silk pants? Especially as a teenager in a high school. It what? was just, yeah, she's she spends a lot of her thoughts, like at least the thoughts that we get to see from Courtney, are pretty much all her like justifying terrible takes. <laughs> Like, this is why what I think is right. And I'm going to think really hard about how how much I am right about my opinion about this controversial issue that actually doesn't really matter. It's so good. And, and she, you know, so there's like a two steps to this whole battle of the schools thing. There's the preliminary one where there's 10 different schools. There's Palisades High. There's Big Mesa. There's Sweet Valley High, of course. Their athletics are great. Um, they didn't really mention, I didn't mention Whitehead Academy, which is another school that has been dropped before, another private school, but presumably there's some other private schools that were a part of this in addition to all those public schools. Sure. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because we all knew from the get-go, this is going to come down to Lovett Academy versus Sweet Valley High. It was going to come down to Elizabeth versus Todd in this rope climbing race. Of and course. sure enough. That's what happens. So yes. come Saturday, like come the weekend, they're going to do this like final round of this battle. And kids from the winning school get to be in a sneaker commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That's their prize. Plus well, prestige. The real prize is knowing that your school is the best, as right. is mentioned several different times throughout yeah, this book. Mr. Kane is the first one who brings that up, Courtney's dad. And Courtney really <laughs> seems to take it to heart. She's like, I do want to know that my school is the best. Courtney <laughs> has also been telling all of her friends that Lovett Academy is going to win because her father runs the TV station. So, like, he'll make sure 
that Love at yeah. Academy wins. She's kind of hinting without actually coming out and saying it that the TV station's going to cheat and make sure right. that Love it like gets all the points or something. Her friends don't really seem like nobody that hears her talk about how her dad's going to make sure they win. None of them are into it. They're all like, "God, Courtney, yeah, <laughs> that what you're, are you saying that he's going to cheat?" And Courtney's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. And, and she repeats this this sentiment later on when she's really, like, wants to make absolutely sure that they win. She tells Dominique that um, her plan to essentially to cheat at the College Bowl will not be cheating. It will be helping. And that's different. That's right. To make sure <laughs> they, that they win the College Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. So this is where... Uh, you've read so many amazing Courtney Kane moments already, and but this was really the the big villain speech that I was alluding to at the beginning of the episode. Courtney says, "It happens to be a matter of us against them. Don't you see? Sweet Valley High stands for everything we hate. Those kids don't have any class. You remember what happened when Elizabeth Wakefield came to that party at the country club, don't you?" "Not really," Dominique said. "What happened?" You don't remember how she ignored all of us and went straight for that public school kid, that caddy, and started talking to him? When she could have talked to any one of a number of kids from really good families. Maybe she just knew that guy from school. Maybe they're friends, Dominique observed. Don't be stupid, Courtney cried. Elizabeth doesn't care about anybody but herself. She was so busy trying to keep Todd Wilkins' attention that whole day long, I'm surprised she even found time to talk to the hired help. Oh my god, I love it so much. They don't have class, like, everything. <laughs> they they don't stand for the same values we do, like being mean to caddies. <laughs> yeah. What? She could have talked to any one of a number of kids from really good families, <laughs> and she refused. <laughs> Elizabeth Wakefield, this will not stand. Oh, <laughs> she's so mad. Yeah. Oh, Dominique is like, for a second there, Dominique's like, I'm out. I'm not going to help you cheat. And then she bribes her with a sweater. She's like, I'll give you my black sweater with a green border. And Dominique's like, I'm in. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) And so somehow they procure this like college bowl answer book. And every time the kids, oh, anyway, you wanted, you had things you wanted to say about the college bowl. So I think now's the time we can talk about it. I mean, I want to say everything about the college bowl because it's so, (laughs) first of all, so all 10 of the high schools that are involved in this weird mini Olympics event have already gone through qualifying rounds. So it's down to Sweet Valley High and love it, right? So the, they have duked it out already. The other college bowl teams have fought uh-huh. and died. And here we are in the final moments when these greatest minds in Southern California clash on the battlefield like titans <laughs> to see who's the smartest. <laughs> And uh, they're up on a stage. There's kind of curtains back behind each of the teams. Courtney and Dominique sneak behind the curtains opposite Lovett so that they can see. They're going to, like, twitch the curtain a little bit, which, like, first of all, everyone in the audience is also going to see this. They're going to notice yeah. that, that you are feeding the answers. You'd but think. the guy's, like, reading the questions out, and then Dominique and Courtney, like, look through their cheat book and find the right answers and twitch the curtain appropriately because these are... True or false questions, first of all. That's the first problem I have with this. That it's literally like, (laughs) true or false, yada yada. And also, the questions are the easiest shit I've ever heard in my head. 
Let's see. Keeping Where in are mind that high school students, while they may not be smarter than people who have lived as long as you and I have, however long that might be, they have been given the like factoids much more recently, right? Yeah. So like they have been studying electromagnetics at Lovett Academy, and yet when the question is true or false, <laughs> water boils at 212 degrees centigrade. That's a question that happens yeah, and, in this and, game. And the girl who's going to answer it thinks about it literally for a minute. 60 seconds elapse while she thinks about this. Some other uh, some other bangers from these questions are the highest mountain in the world is Mount Kilimanjaro in East Africa, true or false? Okay, so that's one of them. The name of the man who made these words famous, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, was Neil Armstrong, true or false? Uh, let's see. And yeah, where's the Keeping Bob in Dylan mind one, that that had dope. just happened like 25 years earlier. I guess that doesn't really matter, but <laughs> still though. Never Bradley, rock and roll singer Bob Dylan's real name is Robert Zimmerman. True or false, which is true. And then he goes on to ask, <laughs> this is for the entire Love It team. One of Mr. Dylan's hit songs claims that the answer is blowing in the wind. <laughs> true or false? <laughs> And they're back there behind this curtain, frantically looking yeah. up the answers to these questions and like twitching the curtain around. Like yeah. it is so ridiculous. And also, especially since Jessica's whole B plot is that she has to study for these incredibly rigorous entrance exams to get into Love It. But this is the kind of question that will stump a Love It kid. So yeah. I don't know. I have certain feelings about the, the college bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's like, supposedly Love It Academy. Oh, Jessica goes on a tour earlier uh, in the book, and uh, she learns that they really pride themselves on their excellent college placements for their graduates. And here, this is the College Bowl, and they've had they've been able to choose from everybody on their whole school to send to this Quiz Bowl match. And yeah, yeah, Freaking they're really struggling. I don't know who this. Uh, Allison character is there there are smarter kids on the team Sheffield Eastman is on the team and he yeah, doesn't yeah. have to wait for the signals I think maybe <laughs> Allison might be the only person on the team that actually knows about that so maybe she was the weak link I don't know we could piece it all together but Jessica's b-plot is tied back into this too because Jessica is in the audience and she seems to be the only person in the audience who is noticing the um curtains being rattled rhythmically yeah she's sitting there with lila and lila says these questions are a lot harder than i thought they would be really lila <laughs> wow yeah. but yeah she's sitting An there indictment she... of the american education system <laughs> right <sighs> but yeah jessica notices while this is going on she sees what's what's happening that the curtains mysteriously twitch every time it's a love it turn and uh, she kind of puts two and two together and she realizes that there is some underhanded double dealing going on. Yeah. And like Sweet Valley is doing okay. It's just that Lovett is not getting any of them wrong. And Jessica at this point is kind of like the worm has turned for Jessica on uh, Lovett Academy at this point. It's it's getting there. She's like, she also sees Courtney and Dominique like sneaking away. But she has an ethical quandary, right? She's trying to decide whether she should tell on them or not. Right. But she decides not to. Because I, I think at that point, she's still like, yeah, but I am going to go to love it still. So like, it, it sucks that they're doing this, but like, this is my future school. So I got to not mess with them. Yeah. She doesn't want to risk starting a scandal. She throughout right. the book has been very like, well, I'll go to 
the events, but I'm going to root for Love at Academy because I'm basically halfway in already, <laughs> even though she is zero way in. Like, she hasn't done a single entrance <laughs> exam. She hasn't got accepted. Oh, the Wayfield parents, by the way, are very nonchalant about Jessica's interest in going to what must be an extremely expensive private school. They're like, oh, it was always your choice whether you went to private school or not. Whatever. Yeah, they seem totally unfazed by, by what Ned Wakefield even admits is ridiculously high tuitions. They're like, but whatever. Like, you can if you want to, but you said you wanted to go to public school so you could do cheerleading so (laughs) i think the only reason that elizabeth was going to be able to go to that school in switzerland was because she got a scholarship if i'm not mistaken so yeah i don't know what's changed in the question mark amount of time since that all happened but now we get to the big climactic part of the book where somebody for some reason gives these two girls from love it academy dominique and courtney the assignment of carrying the ropes for the rope climbing part of the relay over to the track. And and they're like, don't pull that one from the back. It's so rotten. It's probably going to fall apart. Yeah. And Courtney's like, (laughs) her evil plan comes to fruition. (laughs) Yeah. So then the relay is going great for Sweet Valley. They're so far ahead. Todd is better at climbing this rope than Elizabeth, like unequivocally. Uh, but but Elizabeth has a big head start. And they're both climbing the rope. They're climbing the rope. And Elizabeth's rope breaks when she's like halfway up it. She falls to the ground. And uh, yeah. pandemonium broke out on the field as parents and teachers rushed over. Pandemonium! Jessica rushes over to Elizabeth, but Todd beats her to it because Todd abandons his rope as soon as he notices Elizabeth has fallen and jumps down or whatever and and like goes to her side. Elizabeth, everybody is really afraid. Somebody is like, call an ambulance. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth is fine. <laughs> she's fine. She, she like bumped her elbow and she's totally okay. Yeah. Then they have to come up with an alternate way to break the tie, because this was going to be the deciding event after the College Bowl. Um, of course, if Jessica had told on Lovett Academy, the whole thing would have been moot, but whatever. It's easier to not deal with that. So <laughs> they decide to have a tug of war to see who wins. And Elizabeth and Todd both opt out of the tug of war. Very yes. metaphorical, that, that decision. So they have to find alternates. Jessica steps in for Liz and she decides to be pulling on the Sweet Valley team. So she's finally chosen which team is hers. Some other dude steps in on the other side for Todd. They're pulling. Jessica almost, she's trying her hardest, but she almost gets pulled over the line and loses. But then Todd stands up and says, go Sweet Valley High. (laughs) And suddenly... Yeah, it's the magic elixir that um, the ears of the Sweet Valley High gladiators needed, and they win the tug of war. Yes. And Jessica even gets a chance to say something snide to Courtney about how it would be a shame if somebody found out about that little curtain-pulling trick you pulled. Yeah, like she backs Courtney into a corner. Courtney's doing yeah. her stupid spoiled brat act with her dad, and Jessica's like, "I'm gonna snitch on yeah. you." And she and, and she Courtney's backs off. like, "I'll I'll get you next time, Jessica Wakefield." <laughs> so I don't know if we're gonna see Courtney Kane again, but uh, her promise writes a check that I don't know if these books are gonna cash. Here is a here is a little bit of denouement with uh, Elizabeth and Todd. That night, Elizabeth and Todd couldn't take their eyes off each other. 
Every time I think of what almost happened to you today, when I saw you there, lying so helplessly on the ground, Todd said, a catch in his throat. I'm just glad it's all worked out so well, Elizabeth said tenderly as they walked hand in hand toward the dairy burger. And I'm so glad you and your parents have straightened everything out about school. After a long, heartfelt talk, Todd and his parents had decided that Sweet Valley High was the best place for him to be. Elizabeth was overjoyed. She could barely believe that Monday morning Todd would be back at Sweet Valley High. It felt like the world had been set right again. I love that they are walking tenderly hand in hand toward the dairy burger. Like, is there is there a more Sweet Valley High image than that one? No. And and then they're and they're having this discussion that's basically like all of our problems are solved, even though they like absolutely have not. They haven't addressed the conflict that they had. They just it's just been removed because Todd is going to Sweet Valley now. So essentially, like Elizabeth has her way. Like. They didn't, like, talk things out. It was just like he saw her limp body and he realized that his love for her was all that mattered or whatever. It's everything's fine now. Time for a hot clam special. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, my, My favorite moment of the book right at the very end. Elizabeth opened the door. No sooner had she walked into the restaurant than thunderous applause burst out. When Todd came in, the applause and cheers became almost deafening. Yay, Todd and Liz! Like, that's in quotes. Everyone is yelling, yay, Todd and Liz. Of course. (laughs) So sweet. What a place, this Sweet Valley High. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that's over. Well, um, the next book is going to be about Ken. Yeah. Ken and Amy um, in this one. It's a, it's a surprisingly uh, touching one. That will be, that'll be fun. It'll be our season finale for season six of Sweet Valley Diaries. Um, well, before we close up shop here and tease that next book more explicitly, um, maybe we should talk about the cover. Oh my gosh. Yes. Look at this cover. Oh, they're so beautiful. Come on, you. Ah! I will say that um, looking at this cover, it's just like, oh yeah, that's why I was Team Todd. He's just so handsome. I'm <laughs> he just, is very I'm cute. just shallow like that. He's so handsome. Yeah, he looks a little different. His hair is lighter than it was before, but that could also just be this book being old. Um, the book describes him as having curly hair, which he has never had before. I don't think. Yeah, it's not really curly on this cover. You might maybe convince me that it could be wavy potentially definitely wavy he i can picture him having spent a lot of time with like some mousse in the bathroom and like a hair dryer getting his hair to look like it's just like that naturally like oh yeah <laughs> it's a natural volume yeah it's very for high sure. it is it's it's standing uh, tall and proud um they are standing together it looks like uh every every honeymoon picture i've ever seen from every mormon couple that just recently got sealed in the temple oh my goodness i can say that because i used to be a mormon um except that liz is showing her shoulders so i guess it's not so mormon but they they do have this very like his hands on her shoulder he's possessively gripping her other elbow maybe that's the elbow she injures so it's could be symbolic yeah oh he it is and a they're very, just smiling. the lower hand that's on the elbow is very possessive it's a little freaky she is smiling though she looks very happy she's wearing this cute spaghetti strap dress um todd's yeah. eyes are the wrong color oh are they they're not coffee brown they definitely look like they are a lighter shade yeah they do look but- 
almost blue. Oh my god, this is not Todd. It's a monster. <laughs> Maybe this is uh, Campbell Rochester. <laughs> Maybe this is Campbell Rochester. Oh, wait, he doesn't have a blue cardigan He would totally on. grab an elbow like that. So. Oh, he would. I mean, let's be honest, though, Todd would, too. Todd's kind of... I'm not Team Todd. I'm sorry. I know you love him, but I'm Team Jeffrey. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a, it's a work in progress, I gotta say, because I, I really want to root for Todd, but the last few outings for Todd have not been my favorite, and... You know, when I fell for Todd, it was like before I had Jeffrey to compare him to. Like Todd was such a more upstanding guy than all of the other guys at Sweet Valley High. He was just like he was one of the better men that we had to root for. And That's Jeffrey true. was this stranger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I've had a lot of time to get to know Jeffrey, and I find him to be rather boring. That's another sort of a Jessica thing for me to say, but he's certainly an upstanding and very reasonable fellow. One of the most reasonable people in all of Sweet Valley High history. He just doesn't fall prey to the bullshit. That's true. He is, uh, he is boring. I will freely admit that. Jeffrey is very, very boring. Uh, but he is a nice, respectful guy. Like, he doesn't push you around. He doesn't tell you you should quit the team to cheer for him and then say he doesn't like your tone when you tell him no. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bad look for Todd this go around. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, since we're talking about how we feel about boys, we can talk about the, our girls as well. Um, I feel like you've been eager to answer the question <laughs> about whether you're an Elizabeth or a Jessica. From the yeah. jump. I am 100% a Jessica, I have to admit it. I mean, I'm not like a psychopath who doesn't care about other people, but uh, my entire life is built around deep, intricate, long-term schemes that take months, if not years, to play out. (laughs) And and I, I patiently nurture them and add to them. I actually, I literally have a file on my computer called The Long Con, which is a... 15 month plan I have enacted in order to get something I want. So um, it's not a literal con. I just call it that. But so yeah, I I go in depth with careful scheming in order to uh, engineer my life. So yeah, I'm definitely a Jessica. That sounds like maybe the take we've gotten from a few guests in the past of like, like healthy adjusted Jessica, like mature, a mature Jessica. (laughs) Yes. Okay. See, I will say when I was a teenager, I was still like this, but not in a good way. <laughs> so yeah. I was definitely a Jessica in high school in all the bad ways. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, you got to own that. And I think that sometimes I'll have guest readers who have read their first Sweet Valley High book and they say, how could anybody be a Jessica? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jessica's terrible. And it's like, okay, no, no, no. The Jessicas, they know themselves. They see themselves in the inarguably more interesting twin. And they, you know, they draw the parallels. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and as I mentioned in this, when I talk about being an Elizabeth, I mean it in every sense. Like, it's not just Elizabeth's good qualities. Like, I often get mad at Elizabeth because I am recognizing myself in some of the shitty things that she does, too. Not shitty, like, uh, she's a bad person, but, like, uh, some of her faults, for sure. Right. Like, she can be Um, a bit of a doormat sometimes. She doesn't stand up for herself frequently, so. 
Yeah. Yes. Seeing the best in other people to her own detriment, like she's kidding herself about <laughs> about how someone's intentions because she doesn't. She does that in this book with Courtney Kane. Yeah. She's that's like, true. Courtney is openly hostile to Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is repeatedly like, well, li- like she doesn't say anything about Campbell Rochester because he's Courtney's date and she doesn't want to offend Courtney. Yeah. Like, and, and at one point, she's like, I'm sure Courtney's trying to be nice. Like, she just doesn't realize the way she comes across. It's like, no, she knows how she comes across. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like, I don't even know if Elizabeth believes what she's saying. But <laughs> I guess maybe I relate to that, too. Um, well, that is this has been such a pleasure. And we're going to talk more uh, in our extra drama episode next week. But for now, maybe we can tease book number 60. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm going to rewind a little bit. Jessica wondered if Amy's sudden interest in Ken had anything to do with the fact that it was the height of the football season. And with Ken as the captain of the team, Amy would get a lot of extra attention in the next few weeks as his girlfriend. Of course, it was probably just that Ken was one of the best-looking guys at school. Jessica couldn't deny that. She had gone out with Ken a few times in the past herself. But what worried Jessica was that Ken was the kind of guy who took things seriously. He would probably think Amy had more in mind than just fun. It's strange for me to be thinking this, Jessica said to herself, but I sure hope Amy doesn't break Ken's heart. Are Amy and Ken an item? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 60, that fatal night. Which is not fatal, as it turns out. Spoiler alert. Oh, I was going to say <laughs> fatal. Like, I know that Ken doesn't die in this book, but no, yeah. who dies? No one. Literally no one. It, this is, like, okay. famously a, a misnomer title. No one dies. Sorry mm. to spoil that for you all, gladiators. But listen, other stuff happens that you don't see coming. You know, some for some people, it will be a spoiler. And for others, it will just be setting their mind at ease. Like, I, have you read the theory that I think makes sense that, you know, people that are experiencing anxiety uh, often prefer to rewatch shows they've already seen because they don't have to wonder about what's going to happen in the show. Like, they, they know exactly oh, yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, that's so... We know that it's not going to be fatal. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but... All, all my anxious gladiators out there, you can put your minds at ease. No, no one's going to die in this one. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that tidbit, Libby. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll talk more next week, as I said. But uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug in, uh, before we go? Um, I hope you'll check out my podcast, Gotta Grow Up Sometime. It is just as crazy as Sweet Valley High with all the weird rich teen drama. It also uh, is a TV show that stars Brittany Daniel two years before she began acting as Jessica Wakefield on no The Sweet way. Valley. Yeah. So she's on it. Also, Sarah Michelle Geller. So... <laughs> <laughs> enjoy That's amazing yeah. wow okay wow oh I, I have books too i mean i'll have a lot of books if you, <laughs> if you want to read my books uh you have I a have, website right people I go do to have, your website i have a website my website is hawkerbooks.com h-a-w-k-e-r-b-o-o-k-s.com and uh yeah go check out my historical fiction great well maybe we'll talk more about that next week too word up um and as for sweet valley diaries you can find us uh, on instagram at sweet valley diaries or on Twitter, at Sweet Valley, you can send me an email. I've gotten some really neat emails lately from from some listeners that I, I love to see. I love to hear your stories. I had someone write in recently and tell me that 
she started reading the books in sixth grade and had to hide them from her mother, who didn't <laughs> want her reading them. Um, <laughs> so and she wanted to be a Jessica Wakefield. And it was what got her into cheerleading in junior high. That's from Christina. I, I thought that was really sweet. And I have another email from a listener that we might talk about in a future episode. Um, lots of food for thought about other other Sweet Valley things that are going on in the world. Um, so Sweet Valley Diaries at me.com is my email address. SweetValleyDiaries.net is the website where you can find this stuff and tell a friend. And uh, I love to read nice reviews and nice emails and all that stuff. And now I'm rambling. So I will leave you with a piece of advice. The piece of advice is... Uh, check the rope, you know? If you're going to climb a rope and it's really important, just give it a little tug before the race starts, you know? Or have somebody do it for you, you know? Send a trusted ally, you know, an, an envoy to check the rope. And send then, your Jeffrey you know, French to check the rope. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, all right, see you next time. Bye. Bye. You have right, a cello back timing. there. Do you play? Do you play cello? I do. I was oh. really good when I was like in high school, and now I'm just sort of a capable. All I right. can do it, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sort of vaguely capable with woodwinds these days. I All right. haven't well, actually cool. tried for a long time, but yeah. Yeah, I I've gotten this out this thing out a few times, especially during the last year, and. It's fun. I'm better. I'm better with all kinds of musical things. I'm better in an ensemble than I am as a soloist. Yeah, so. for sure. Me too. <laughs> um, so we were talking about Courtney Kane.